Hello and welcome to the 551 podcast, uh, where we double as a uh, South American history podcast. Uh, Wait, you recorded that? No, I, I didn't. didn't. Oh, I was going to say. But um, we are, uh, we, I'm pleased to be joined with uh, Eric Silver Brenneman and Rodrigo Se- uh, Sanchez Trevoria. Great to see you both. Likewise. Always, always. We've got no Alex with us again. He uh, traveled to New York for the Red Bulls game. Uh, oh, he was at the game? Yeah, he was up at, up at the game. Yeah, it's the first game that Minnesota has won in his presence. <laughs> you mentioned that. In wow. The, in MLS era. It's uh, not his Curse ninth try. And, okay, uh, so do we need to have him travel to away games now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just don't. I just think he's, uh, at least we know he's not unlucky. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we're going to obviously talk about Minnesota United with their kind of improbable win in New York this last weekend. Um, but before that, I, I wanted to kind of throw it out to you guys. There's lots of random news around the world. Uh, U.S. women's soccer played uh, two friendlies. They're kind of last ramp up before the World Cup. Um, it was uh, Belgium was the big blowout, yeah. and, and uh, Australia was the. Australia was a really good. Australia game. was, was good like game. the yeah. boxing match back and forth. Yeah, it was a boxing match. It was like it was a good game. I really liked that game just because. We actually looked like we cared and that we were actually a little bit more organized than before. Um, but yeah, no, Australia is, is, is no joke. It should be really interesting to see. It's going to be a big old battle between all those, but it was it was a good match. I really liked it. Um, I mean... Is, is anyone standing out in, in this kind of lead up to, to the World Cup? And obviously once the World Cup gets closer, um, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but... Um, is anyone standing out in this current crop of players who uh, looks good or looks particularly uh, primed up for it? Well, I think your regulars. I mean, like you, you look at the squad. You can you can divide it down to make two teams that would be extremely competitive, right? I mean, like the 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 people who come off the bench, you know, they're like super super subs. If you really think about it, I mean, you you have a Kristen Press coming off the bench. You have a Carly Lloyd coming off the bench from time to time. I mean. You know, it those those are people that that that, are, that can make big difference on any team. So, I I really think that they're trying to just to play to who are they playing with. Like, um, you know, Julie Ertz is is solid where where, where she's been. I think some of the newer kids um, are getting um, are getting some good some good experience. Um, I really I just like watching Tobin Heath try to break down people and just get in there. Uh, Megan is just, you know, amazing as as, you, as she is. Yeah. And, you know, that's, the squad is, is really good. But what's really interesting is just, like, in reference, because in, in the Belgian game, they were honoring the, the 99ers, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that was pretty much um, my biggest exposure to, like, um, women's women's soccer in the United States was watching the 99ers, watching the Mia Hams, watching the Brianna Scurry, right? Mm-hmm. And Julie Foudy and the company and how they, you know, uh, came from from pretty much being not being well known to being world champs and doing what they did. So yeah, it was a house- really household names, but yeah, that right after that, yeah. So like that was that was the, uh, for me that that's where I felt the switch in the aspect of soccer. And all, MLS was picking up, but that when when that was it, that was a, that was a selling ticket, right at that point. And I really that, that's something that really stuck with me for a long time and I'm very happy that with you but there's just the the reference of how like the Alex Morgans of the world right how old were they when they when, when this was happening on and how where, where they at at this point now, specifically with the announcement of the 
of, of Luna bars um, matching, um, you know, what would be the yeah, basically equivalent. making up the the difference, difference between the the women's the World and Cup. Men's, yeah, men's, uh, so salaries, I, I think yeah. that's a. That's an interesting point of discussion that people yeah. should have. I mean, uh, specifically in the in the reference uh, um, to what the uh, NWSL could could do. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, NWSL has his own issues as it is yeah, right I'd now. Yeah, much rather so. see the Luna Bar come in and and pay the uh, the players who are making sixteen thousand yeah, dollars a no year. Kidding. No, I, I agree. I think I think they. I think but, I think. You know, but like, yeah, but but just this, like just yeah. like. Uh, Producer Nick and the company over, and we call it soccer. They, you know, they were, they they brought up the issues of like, you know, this this opens up the discussion of, you know, what can the league do? What is attainable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, not get Luna bars to be able to, you know, fork all the money to be able to make everyone have a live a living wage. But what 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 are the options for um, marketing? What are the options that are out there that be willing to do to this announcement? So I think those are those are things that are that are good to discuss. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to switch to, just before we end the segment, um, to a little bit of MLS. I don't know if there's anything that stood out other than the obvious of LAFC going to uh, DC United, who had only given up one goal and, and just putting a bare bottom yeah, spanking like the on. This time it was Diego Rossi's turn uh, to to uh, get the hat trick. Um, Novella they, still had a hell of a game. I mean, he yeah, had a goal and an assist. Didn't yeah, he? he's 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 not playing around. And um, I of course and, took him out of my fantasy, like the fool that I am. Yes, you so did what? Is, you I took him out. You did what? <laughs> I know. I made the stupid decision of uh, of saying like I've been basically captaining whoever is up the best player against San Jose. Yeah. So I went with Valeri. <laughs> so I got a good solid two points there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no that, one cares about our fantasy too. team. That was a surprise. Though, I didn't even play fantasy, but I might have to but, this uh, year. Yeah. Um, so what? Anything else from MLS uh, around this this weekend? You know, um, well, Portland, right? Yeah, yeah, three nothing. Big at, surprise. At San, Jose, uh, San Jose, right? Losing three nothing. I, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen with that match, and I just I couldn't have predicted that though. They, they've so. got a twelve game road to, uh, to start on the road. So, um, do you think they're going to win at least three games before they come back? I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's my concern. I mean, Portland's a strong team, but I have no idea. Does it really play in a way make that big of a difference that bad? I it mean, does it, in MLS. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it is. It looks when you lose that heavily, and and the the goals that San Jose scored were were um or that Portland gave up, I should say, were those those where you we've seen Minnesota United do it, where it's just like they just walked through. There's mm-hmm. someone at the back post. No one was walking. No one was even following i mean every team does this but i i i watched it and got infuriated the way i would with minnesota like how can you be doing that so yeah. i mean that's the thing too is just, i mean uh, fc dallas look really is looking solid yeah lucha gonzalez uh the, their head coach turns For, out i wonder where he's from knows what he's doing yeah uh another kind of surprises orlando city kind of continues to to not be terrible to and actually, trudge through it yeah, yeah. A grudge match with colorado for three right but they yeah. they pull it off yeah since he Tied with who? Sporting Kansas City. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, was like, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. So they, they're, they're, they're looking. They're they're looking. Well, I mean, when you have a bunch of defensive midfielders <laughs> and you stick them all to play at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I didn't time. think it would work this well, but, but it's it seems a long to be season. Working, but yeah, it's, it's a long, long season, season, so we'll see. To, I mean, to get back to to uh, Portland, though, man, to think that the MLS final from last year are like the two shittiest teams in the league right now. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. 
But I mean, Portland. We've we've run seen right that now. drop yeah. before, like with Toronto and stuff. But has it ever been like the two finalists the two, from yeah. both conferences? Yeah, that's a good question. I uh, someone with brains would actually be able to answer. But yeah, um, <laughs> but then you look at it. I mean, three. Seattle had a horrible start last year, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Portland and then, is kind of. I mean, Portland yeah. has is has a team that can turn it around. Will they? That's Portland had a bad start last year too. Yeah. Not quite this bad. Not this bad. The the final point I want want to hit on this is. Uh, did you did you see the field condition at New Yan- Yankee uh, Stadium? Yes, I did. Oh yeah. my god, and the that was fact horrible. That there were no fans there. Two games in New York this weekend, and no, no fans. Nobody there. showed up. Um, and then the, the 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 field was in horrible condition. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, people are playing in that. That was bad to see. Uh, and then Toronto, you know, in rumors with uh with uh, Bayern with Arian Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I love no, that. Doesn't Bill, doesn't Doctor Bill McGuire have some connection to Bayern? <laughs> yeah, but Arian Robin is not a is not a. But we have enough regions up here, or yeah. you know, we we can use some of that some of that to our advantage for once. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's Dutch though. Yeah, well. So Schiefer Decker would would be very upset. Well, he's going to be. Um, but Chattanooga won. Uh, the Mingos zero. We had one TV at the bar uh, with this game on, and uh, um, it, it had four uh, Minnesota United starters in it. Dane St. Clair started, uh, Wyatt Olmsberg, um, Toy, uh, Mason Toy started up top, and then who am I missing? Mm-hmm. Um, Hero played Manly. But, um, Manly. Oh, Carter Manly. Manly. Yep, I yep. played on. I think he played on the left, and uh, they looked all right. Toy had a really good. Uh, almost like a chip to put it over the keeper that the, the keeper got, but um, was was really classy. Is that the um, one that uh, he got that in manly service? Yeah, yeah, yep. uh, um, yeah. They were all right, and I, I don't think uh, I think it was pr- pretty poor defending from I think it was Olmsberg uh, and 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 St Clair for, oh, for the goal, but hit you. but um, uh, it was great to see them in action. I you know obviously we're gonna keep following the Mingos uh, throughout the season, but. Let's take a break. We'll come back and do the Minnesota United stuff. Hey Rodrigo, what are you uh, what are you wearing right now? Oh, I got the new fancy coach's gear for Blackhawks Soccer Club that podium wear made. Yeah, so we just actually got those yesterday, so I'm kind of excited to be a new coaching gear. They've got that that new coach, that new smell. That, no, to not, them. not not coach, not new, not new coach smell, but they got that new smell. Yeah. So Podium Wear is our actual uh, is our sponsor uh, this this entire month. They are uh, a, a St. Paul company where basically they do the design, they do the production, the the like putting together and sewing and all of it manufacturing of the um of the kits uh in saint paul um and i want you're wearing it because we want to talk to you about it because just a year or two ago when did blackhawks go to podium wear from nike or whom i believe it was 2017 uh and uh we went from uh, each club cycles there usually have a two-year cycle mm-hmm. of the kits and it was time to do that and uh, the previous kits even though they were they were decent, there were just issues with uh, wash and wear. Right? Yeah, you know, like like right because you know, if you've got them for two years, yeah, and your kids are your you. kids are washing them, yep. and doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing everything with them. You know, you, you you stains and everything. It just just wasn't holding up to to the long, longevity. It was yeah. lasting as long. And so uh, when podium wear came into it, 
they were able to have kind of like um, they had kind of like a poll of some of the kits that they had suggestions, and then people were actually voting on it on on their on the Blackhawks website and their Facebook page, and they turned out really well. They have like yeah. a solid uh, hawk kind of in between, and the red, and then the white. Uh, and it, 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 the the one kit I've seen is almost reminis- reminiscent of the Minnesota United lo- uh, yeah. Loon Wing, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. um, mm-hmm. it's got the hawk on the, the half hawk. Uh, I guess one of the may- maybe you can uh, tell us about like what are the, like some of the advantages of like going with these guys in town. Well, I think one of them to- they're they're extremely accessible. They're 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 based in St. Paul. They um, they like to customize orders. I mean, they you know they they help you with the design. Uh, they help you with the design. Uh, I think the design um, that they made for the Blackhawks kits were and they, were they great. helped redesign the crest, right? Yep. I mm-hmm. think Rob they, they, Rob yeah, Spence, yeah, who, Rob Spence was our, uh, yeah. Rob Spence did a lot of work behind that. Um, I also like it that you know usually when you go and get kits made, usually you have to have like you know something sewed on to the kit but this yeah. is actually all fabric right? right so like the logos and everything's on the fabric and the advantage of that at least in my point in my household is right things won't peel out things won't fade as easy yeah. kids have to throw them in the wash we wash these things like 30 regardless. times a 30 day 30 times yeah. a day maybe if we if we needed to but and it, and, it, and it feels good you know it's just, it, it's got a nice breathable material to it um, it keeps the kids the shorts are dope keep the, yeah. keep shorts. the kids uh, nice and nice and warm are you so, touching my leg? That's the full so, pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I am. So, I, um, <laughs> anyway, Podium Wear is our sponsor this month. We'll talk more about uh, about them throughout the month. But I want you to t- tell you, like, if you, like, lots of our listeners play on adult leagues, coach youth are involved, their kids are in coach. And one of the things that Podium Wear is trying to do is get into the soccer world right. more and more. Mm-hmm. And, that's where we talk to our listeners. Be like, these guys are St. Paul based. They're awesome. Uh, and so go to podiumware.com. You can email Rob at podiumware.com. Uh, there's a phone number 800-930-1031. But basically, go check out their stuff. And um, they will. Br- what they'll do is they'll bring you into their office and kind of show you this is where the magic happens. And it all happens. Everything gets produced in that one building off of Raymond and university and it's it is like super cool but podiumware.com go check them out and uh and yeah let's talk about minnesota united now okay deal boom okay so minnesota two red bull rasin ball sport new york one <laughs> say it again um, say so it again minnesota let's talk first about how they came out we knew we were missing darwin quintero and we're missing miguel ibarra yeah they're both uh, kind of late scratches. We knew Darwin had a little bit of a groin pull up, but Miguel was a complete surprise a with his hamstring. Hamstring. <laughs> hamstring. Um, hamstring. Ha- his hamster string. Uh, the hamster ring. And so what, what happened was you had, you know, the, the back line of Coleman, Calvo, uh, Ike. You had uh, the midfield of obviously Gregush and Alonzo. You had the, the fullback, the wingbacks of Calvo, Metinier. And then the top was Abu. Uh, Rodriguez and uh, Finley. How we can talk about how the game, but like, tell me your thoughts on how that kind of lineup played out. What what did you see? Well, I I felt that we were just trying to plug up the middle, right? And I think that's that's one of the things that 
I think was was one of the things is just whenever um whenever they were attacking or there was always a lot of loose balls, like someone would step onto it, so there's more people closer to the ball, so we'd be able to provide pressure in that sense and win some of those win some of those fifty fifties. Um but at the at the same time it's just for a while to be it just looked disorganized. Oh my god. Yeah. I and I was like and I was like I was like I, I don't I I felt I felt that, you know, trying the Newcastle thing, mm-hmm. right, um is is it's not a new thing, but it, it it works mostly when you when you have um you know the the quick counterattack and a solid solid defense and we all know whenever uh at least in my opinion wherever Cabo lines up that's what people like to attack at and so that and and that and that seemed a little bit evident at the beginning right that they were they were trying to do that i think it's uh, i think eventually it, it, it worked itself out um and i think to the end i was just um, really, just trying to watch to see where where their where their magic was going to come from. I think the main thing that I saw, and this goes to what Rodrigo just said. In fact, um, pushing the wing backs up almost essentially as as midfielders and putting Kalman behind Calvo, I think, was a clear coaching decision. That they're like, you know, we're going to have a backup there just in case because we can't let them can't let him get run over anymore. You really want to give him that much credit? I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the biggest difference that I saw, though, the fact that there was somebody to basically clean up, that it wasn't fully his responsibility. You know what I mean? Uh, to talk to me <clears throat> about, so New England Red Bulls, especially under Jesse Marsh, but still under Chris Armas, they're, they're changing it a bit. They're masters of the high press, right? And so um, their goal is to uh, take any time we're on, we're on the ball just absolutely flood those players and make sure that they they make mistakes. You talked about disorganization in the yeah. first half, and it looked like New York Red Bulls' plan was going to work. There were I, I marked at least three or four moments, uh, or somewhere in the twentieth minute. Coleman just had a terrible back pass that Red Bulls picked up and shot, and it was you know nine times out of ten that goes in because it was just a total giveaway. Yeah. Um, there was another one too, where Boxall got dispossessed in the box. <laughs> and again, I was like, Oh, there's a goal. And More like from, box none. Yeah. Am box right? none, box oh. none. But oh, Gregor's got in there. Out, yeah. yeah. Gregor's got in there at the last second and kind of, again, saved him and cleaned it up. So there was a lot of luck, especially in those first, well, that first half an hour really. Yeah. And, and the, the thing was, as I was watching that, um, the, they they were being put under pressure, but it didn't seem like Red Bulls were then able to do that much with it. Um, they've got people who are deadly, like Kaku, mm-hmm. like uh, obviously Bradley Wright Phillips, but they they just seemed off that day um, for whatever reason. And um, you know Minnesota got a bit lucky, but also what they needed to do, no matter what, Minnesota's plan was to survive for a bit, right? Like, that was the thing: is there was enough backup that was somehow getting there at the last second to prevent that shot that would yeah. score the goal. That yeah. two and, years ago, a year ago, would have scored the goal. And the way I saw it playing out in my head was that oh, they're going to hold on, but then they're going to get tired, right? Minnesota was going to get tired, mm-hmm. and and just. This is going to end three nothing. So the second half, they're just going to score three goals. We should mention too, Vito Manone. Yeah, yeah, was well, spectacular. So let's let's then talk about. It. So what happened is then in the thirty fourth minute, yeah. Metanier 
goes to Angela Merkel and just like passes <laughs> like and takes a ball and like turns and squares it to Abu Dinladi, who's basically just eating an ice cream cone. Perfect like, position. The ice cream though. cone he's is like dripping it. down his hand and just like he's alone. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna I, I guess put this into the it. far post and uh, it was. Just fantastic. It it's great to see Dunlady back out there. It's great to see him score a goal. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was way too easy. Um, and then in the, the 50th minute, the second half comes, uh, uh, Dunlady gets pulled out for Romario. What now? What does this was this a sub due to injury or just a sub he, a tactic? Heath, Heath's explanation was he had always planned to limit the minutes, whether or not he. You know, uh, Decker wrote uh, his recap from uh, on right, 55 right. One, yeah, and he talks about how like he was watching Dinladi during the game. He was stretching. He, he looked like he was stretching and, a lot. Yeah. It's a very brave move, but he maybe knew that he always had half a player. Right, Romario could play a half, and Dinladi could play a half, and he was I mean, maybe and then, gambling. And it, I mean, technically, I mean, tactically, I mean that worked out to mm-hmm. advantage. That, that might, I mean, that and, might be his his smartest move. So far and, this season, right? That, what, that substitution. And what happened is, um, you know, in the, the second, the 50th minute, it was almost just a mirror of the previous one. Calvo sends the ball to, uh, to Rodriguez, Rodriguez. And Rodriguez this time uh, flips the other way, takes a shot, which is like the quintessential Rodriguez shot, just get, goes get, right into another player and gets popped up. And then Romario's right there, Johnny on the spot, and he puts it puts it away with a great... It's a fall. It's not quite a scissor kick, but yeah. like... You know, like a it was oh, the great. half volley. It was like a FIFA video game. Movie. I think it was, it was a full volley. It was a full but, volley, but it was, uh, it was but beautiful. it was just kind of like a falling scissor kick. Anyway, he puts it away, and we're two up, and like you know, What's everyone's happening? everyone in the bar is thinking like, uh, <laughs> can we celebrate right now? Is this all right? Like, but you know, we all knew that there was you know, another right? forty minutes. Yeah, we, we don't know how left. to react. What what do they say? Right, the worst score is what? Yeah, yeah, two the most up, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, the most dangerous. So. I think one of the things that 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 I that I saw as developing more is that um, Angelo, the majority of the time this season, has been getting the ball or being serviced in the ball in 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 the midfield, right? And and I think sometimes that doesn't really work well for him because uh, you know you when he when he was getting the balls and services, it was in the box. Like most of the time, it was in the box. It was up in the attacking third, and then that's when like you know. Uh, the boxiness of himself. Yeah. Uh, he can be physical. He can stand his ground and be able to to be more dangerous up there when instead of being in the midfield receiving the ball and trying to play it back to someone. I mean, I think I think at that first half he might have had like two passes going forward, which is the most I've seen <laughs> from him. He, um, and if you look at his pass map, you know we talked last week about how he had like only one attempted pass in the final third. This time he was further up. He doesn't complete that many passes when he's further up, but he was like positioned further into their half. Right. And that brings and, more attention, right? I mean, yeah. specifically knowing that he can, he, he's got a decent control of the ball. He can trap and, the ball decently. And, and he bossed Tim Parker. And for those goals, he bossed Tim he Parker and then Aaron Long. Oh, he, those guys are two. I've, I've said how much I love those center backs and he did a great job against them. In the replay, I had to watch it again. There, there's, there's a good, you know, on a, on a any other given day, he could have been called oh, for a foul. The oh yeah, there was yeah, a nice yeah. forearm right to kind of the yeah. shoulder neck area. But I mean, good on him for, like you said, bossing him around yeah. and and holding his ground. 
Um, and then the it's like it's like that uh, power forward or that center that lines up, you know, in basketball, right? You just feed him the ball down low and just. This is a soccer podcast. <laughs> Uh, 70th minute shut down uh, corner Damn. kick surprise surprise uh, um, it, it falls the the shot goes to Vito Vito uh, parries it and it kind of goes and, and gets finished uh, away I don't you know I I, I watched really it a bunch him. I just don't know you can always do better but a lot of times what we're trying to do is like where was the failure here was it the failure for the original shot um, should Vito have done better um, with his parrying? Should, should he have done better on on the rebound? Could Coleman have gotten over? And uh, I don't know if I can fully blame anyone. Yeah, it was a tough but, one. I mean, Vito did everything that he was supposed to do, and, and Vito had such a fantastic game otherwise, making a number of of great. Oh saves. yeah, I lost track. He was he was really he was more aggressive off his line than previous games. Yep, and so there were certain couple of saves where. Where he literally just dove and stretched that hand and was able to get that ball. Big dives, big yeah. punches, just yeah. so really punches decisive. And, you know, save, pushing the ball out of bounds and doing what it needed to be. I think that was that was a much better game for him than, than previously. So. Does this man have a broken nose? I mean, he looks like a boxer that just got his ass kicked, doesn't he? I he's was, just a, got that... Um, we just look at him, it's like he just got out of a bar fight and his nose is all... Maybe. No, I don't know. Maybe I, I would want to meet him in a dark alley, right? Yeah. Um, so let me, let, let's then, uh, I want to, uh, take the, the whole of it. Who stood out, uh, positive or negative? Were there, were, cause we're going to talk a lot of positive. So let me just start then with the negative. <laughs> w- did, did anyone have a bad game here? Um, I mean, Finley was kind of quiet again. What? No, I thought Finley's work rate was great. All right. Finley was connected a lot to it. A lot of the passing, uh, maybe I'll just make this observation. A lot of our attack, almost all of it, went through Metanier to Gregush sure. to uh, Finley to Metanier. You know, in doing that that triangle. That's true. If you look at the pass maps over there, Metanier's passing, and this is uh, Alex made this uh, similar observation, um, but he's not on the podcast, so I'll just steal it. Uh, but Metanier's passing is very short, and. Uh, and precise. That, that's natural because, like, right, Gregush is going to be further up than Alonzo is, right? Yeah. So Calvo's passing is all long. So Calvo loses possession a lot more because his passes are longer and they're more difficult. And Abu barely touched the ball. And same same thing with Romario. They, they barely touched the ball. So, right, like, we were sending it basically attacking just down their right. Um, and whether that was just saying this is our strength or maybe Red Bulls had a weakness there, I don't know. And then, you know, that left the fact that it, it it makes sense that our two goals came from the left, right? Because we were drawing all their attention and pulling their entire yeah. team here. And then you've got, you know, the two two guys who are great poachers, uh, great goal scorers, Romario and out. Abu, there on the, on the left. That that seemed to me a pretty. I don't, you know, again what part of this was planned and what part of it worked out, I don't know. But I'm at least going to say it was planned because usually I'll say all the shitty stuff is uh, bad plan. So. I think, you know, an argue, argument you made, this was Colin's first start. And I don't want to say he was bad, but he he definitely had a couple rough moments. But then he kind of redeemed himself in the second half, I think. Colin? Colman. Colman. I was like, I don't, there was no Colin. Okay, great. <laughs> I was totally confused. Colman. Colman. Uh, that one in particular that, you know, sh- shoulda, coulda, woulda been a goal that was just a brutal, brutal uh, 
back pass that he, he should have known better. Yeah. Um, but then, like I said, I, I think as the game progressed, he he got more comfortable, and uh, it seemed like it seems like him and and, and uh, Monone have a good relationship because they were kind of talking to one another, maybe yelling at one another. I don't know, but defending one another and talking I, about it. Which, other what's great also about the pass maps there is you have Coleman, Ike, Boxall, and they are so zoned out on where they are and where their passes are going. They're literally, oh, Kalman was playing on the left. Opara was playing in the middle, but advanced in in almost this, you know, in this kind of uh, ball-playing defender role, almost a defensive midfielder. And then you had uh, um, Boxall passes going to the right. And it was so, uh, you know, it's rare that you see a pass map like that. And it is like so you know, zoned out, right? Like mm-hmm. actually in these sections. And I, I thought th- that those three did, you know, there was a lot of harem scarum stuff, but yeah. that's going to happen. And and they, you know, Vito First bailed start. them out a bit. And I, I thought that it was actually, you know. So you're really, saying they played good defense. Yeah, I thought it was like pretty good. I thought, uh, uh, yeah, I thought like I was very worried for much of the game, but look, we should, we should remember this is New York Red Bulls on the road. The last two games we played against them, they have absolutely demolished oh, yeah. us. Oh yeah, and uh, and we were missing. <laughs> they demolished us at our home. Two, uh, our two home. best uh, attacking players, yeah. and so I think that this is. I think that the two one win here is up there in the top five mm-hmm. best wins in MLS so far. Right Great. up there behind like the Portland and Atlanta. KC wins at home and the Atlanta win away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just off the top of my head, yeah, I agree. it was oh, great. Okay, so you know, in reference to our to our season, then I, mean, I thought you meant like top in MLS. No, 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 no. no like the last the last three years in MLS. Okay, I was gonna say. I, I, I was thought like, that, wait, I thought that like we didn't look great, but we won, and uh, and shouldn't have. And so, no, we and, shouldn't have because you look at you look at the possession uh, yeah. statistics, right? Yeah. What, did, what did the Red Bulls had like what 60 percent, and we had. 30 percent i mean mm-hmm. well in, in, that's, in those situations when you play in a game if yeah. you have 30 percent of the possession you are not going well, to and, win and actually, so many more shots i, I think that too. actually worked in our favor right because chris armis said i want less possession like he they don't want to be a possession team and we kind of force them to be like well you come at us because your game is is high press and then counter and take the ball right so you want us to have the ball so you can strip it from us and we're just not going to have the ball, so screw you. Yeah. Like, so it worked doing that, and and I think that um, uh, it's I mean, a good thing that we're having difficulty trying to find a a, a bad or a problematic you, you know, player. To, to, I, mean, I think to me, problematic is, is, is just uh, just a this this organization of 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 how they played at the first first half, right? Um, I, I'm still like don't know. Uh, where the where the, where the where the Calvo of you know a couple of years ago when he was a, a great starting def- defensive center back is at because it's just every time I look at him it feels like he just doesn't want to defend and I get that and that's fine but if that's what you're going to do then where's your what is your role and where's your position on this on this team specifically if you are going to be be playing like right I mean like right now like. Personally, liability on me on defense, wherever he lines up, I think all the teams know that we're going to try to um, attack wherever he's at. So then I, and if you want to put him in the midfield, 
that's fine. But I'm personally, I just put him up top where you can't do, get it, do so much You're trouble. You're going the forward? Yeah, yeah, just put him all the way up oh top, just feed him the ball, let him try to get all the glory. He's far away from our goal. If he messes up or he passes the ball back to someone, at least we have someone that can at least... So let me, let me go to positives then, since we can't find anyone there. I, I, I'll say, uh, we talked about Vito Minone. This was uh, Angelo Rodriguez's best game so far, he's still only connected like seven passes all game. But uh, again, like he's there to do something different, and this is kind of precisely what it's there to do. Mm-hmm. I think that in order to go forward, this team needs him to be. He needs to be more than just those little bits, right? You can't. The same thing where like the the knock against Christian was he's just a goal scorer. And you need him for these other things, but like you need someone to be more than the guy who can more just like the hold, hold the ball for three seconds. Like yeah. that's a nice role, but like Emil Heskey had his ceiling, and this guy, you know, yeah. But Rodriguez, I thought was a very big positive. I don't know any other people really shine for you. Um, Alonzo, Gregu, yeah, absolutely. I think Both Finley was was his work rate was great, specifically working back from that injury. I thought he. His his work rate and his just hustle. Um, um, I also like uh, Mataneer had a oh, really good game. Spectacular! Yeah. He, I think, I think bleeding he, all over himself. Yeah, I think those two right there um, kind of set the tone of, of 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 the grittiness of what was going to happen. Because Finley had a couple opportunities to score as well, but he was just being physical and he was being he was being hit a lot. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I that I saw is Finley was was not shying away from from uh physicality and and someone coming back from any injury that usually that's a big old mental game to get back onto yeah. the field or that so that was good to see and good to good to see good to see develop metaniers is you know becoming more of earning of, of dp than, hashtag daywalker fin- yeah, uh, daywalker. finley finley i will say does not yet look 100 percent right no, there, no. there were two or three times where the ball was sent for him to chase and he you know Twelve months ago, he would have had that ball, right? Right, but he's not right. quite and, there. And you don't, and so, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's just quite a hundred percent, or quite. We'll know if that's that's the feeling that we'll have. Yeah, right? maybe it's a new. But that, regardless, but, like, regardless, regardless, his yeah. work rate was 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 great in my opinion. I thought, it, um, I I think I think that was that's commendable on what he's doing. I think Metinier like had a had a great game and mm-hmm. and those short passes and just being physical and just gritty. He's just, a boss. I mean. I've never associated this team with being gritty, but that was that was that was a gritty gritty win. Usually, you know, having the last twenty minutes when we're up and they're, and they're attacking and attacking, yeah. and you know, we know something was going to happen. But the other thing too is that I didn't think the Red Bulls were going to be crossing the ball so darn much because they don't have. It doesn't feel like there isn't that great of an aerial attack. This either. leads to who I would like to compliment, which is Akopara. I thought he was yeah. completely yes. solid. Yes. I thought he had he showed great leadership. Um. Yeah, he was just solid. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I mean, he and he was great in that role of of intercepting balls. He, his passing is also really. He just good. brought a calm. There was yeah. just a sense of you could just tell that he was like, guys, we got this. Yeah. Just, 
Everybody relax. Um, right. And then, then, and then uh, when they interviewed Kalman afterwards, right, he pretty much said that. He said he that. Like, he said that. He's like, you know what? Having him there pushing us and telling me, yeah. got this, we're going to do it. it really and he was, got up, too. There were a couple moments where, man, he pushed he, and he yeah, went he for a couple headers. One where he made the run and he Absolutely. was up in the striker, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you've got the defender. You're always taught to, he like, t- he took to off. follow it through. And, he yeah. took off. Um, uh, so... Should and we, made MLS team of the week, by the way. He did, yeah, yeah. And I think I think um the great thing is that I, I, I think I'm continually so happy that my like worries and doubts about Metonier were totally just wrong. Right. Like I was like, this guy doesn't really have that much of a pedigree. You should have known when Miguel told you that was yeah, a, that but was no, a, no, but then I started to believe right? when Miguel <laughs> tells me something I believe, yeah. right? But like uh, you know, I was just like, I don't know. But he's he has, I think uh, at, at worst, his worst game has been like a B minus, right? Like, and I, I think, and I think that he probably still has an A to come yet. Yeah, that he's our DP. Higher. That's not a DP. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, I think like that's, a a, that's a very solid yeah. argument that you can make right there. I think this was a a much better game for Gregush. Mm-hmm. He did maybe look better. He didn't maybe because. His role was more simplified, knowing that he had more support in the midfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that might have to do it because he was pushing up, but he's also coming back and defending as well too. Like you pointed out yeah. earlier in that save, right when he saved Kalman. Oh yeah, thank goodness. So, so I mean, the more the more I see that, the more the more I think he also had a shot on goal that we thought I thought we were going. Yeah, to get, what a to blast! Get, I thought we were going to get, gonna get some five dollar yes, yes, shots. Yes, yes. Um, we need more of that. So, a lot more um, of that. Let's. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about the game coming up, but I want to do it after the break because I, th- I feel like it deserves its own like segment and then and then uh, Twitter. Sure. Is that are we? But anything else? Final. We good. Ozzy also solid too. He made some great great uh interceptions and dispossessions like he always does i mean yeah. just just general i think ozzy's gonna be a guy we just like forget Ex- at times that, in, well, in, that, in a good way in a good way in a good way too yeah he's just but like i just you know i just really thought that um i really like seeing Coleman back there and maybe because yeah. i'm biased yeah well but we i think are. it was it was it was, it was a solid it was it was a solid um able of distribution like you were pointing out that we're playing in their zones and staying and staying central to where mm-hmm. they're supposed to yeah. be, which usually if we would have had a a, a a Cavo or anyone else out there who has the freedom to go up and down that might be, uh you know, a little bit more risky in yeah. that sense. He definitely so, progressed as the game went on. Yeah. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back, and it's time for the future for Cloud City. <laughs> Back on the fifty-five-one podcast, and um, we're going to talk about uh, the home opener. But first, I, I do want to say again, we are sponsored this month by Podiumware. So please go to Podiumware. Oh, oh yeah. you're listening to the sounds of Podiumware Radio. <laughs> Why don't you just open a glass of whatever's in the refrigerator and go to Podiumware.com? Okay. So, uh, April 13th, Got this you. Saturday. <laughs> Got you. Uh, this Saturday is... Um, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're buying you a new microphone with hey, the sponsorship no, uh, money. So, uh, this Saturday is a home opener, and um, we're playing against New York City FC, who, you know, we, we seriously, the entire first half of the season, I think, are just playing struggling teams. So, New York City FC, who drew nil-nil with somebody, was it? It wasn't Colorado. Whoever it was this weekend, they were terrible. Montreal. 
Montreal. There we go. Um, but the game, the the stadium itself. I've got. I came out of writing retirement, and I'm going to publish like what it means to me. Um, but the stadium is is like such a big deal, and I know that people are excited and they're like own different ways. But um, I I just I for me it's it's like extremely. It's about this idea that like when I came to fandom in Minnesota, there was like it was always just this team is going to die. Right. And like the idea that we have this thing that is like, it's going to be there for decades. And my kids are going to go there. Right. Mm -hmm. Once they're not like terrifying rascals and stuff. (laughs) And like, and that, that is like such a great thing. Like, you know, the three of us and many of our listeners are people who think way too much about soccer. Soccer takes way too much of our lives that, that than that, what, it should be meaningful, but, um, but it is for some reason. And, and like, I'm, I'm just super excited about this game and thinking about all the people, um, like Jordan Buholtz, who was our, you know, uh, GM, I can't all, wait to see all, him. all these like people who like, they like, you know, the Jim Oliver, uh, people who like were for the dark clouds who created the Andy Wattenhofer people mm-hmm. who like really m- built something and sustained it and kept it from dying that I then could inherit it, yeah. right? And and I think a lot of like us multiple decades we, now we're going like yeah, and then and way before that, there's a million people, yeah. but it, it is it it's great. I'm super excited about this stadium. I don't know if you guys have any. Uh, it's beautiful, man. I I, I got to go in. I, I miss the. I think you've been in there more than I have <laughs> the next two weeks. Like well, every no. Other po- oh, every other post from you is I'm, like, I'm oh, making... I made it here again. I'm it's like, true. I'm like, well, I, it is just open now. You can just go and get that's a right. beer. And I and I made the. I missed the. Uh, I don't the, know if I the season ticket holder. It's only seven bucks on non-game days. So oh, really? Early. That's good. I missed the so. season ticket holder. So then I went after the uh, New England match. And then, but we didn't get fully in. Like we, we got to the, like the gift shop and then yeah. somebody like took pity because we had our gear and like, oh, your media. We're like, yeah, we're media. And they just barely let us in. Didn't count. <laughs> um, so then the following week, this so past like weekend. It was a fake press badge. It was right? a fake. Yeah, yeah, we're media is, is uh, basically my motto. Yeah. I've, I've used that. After yeah. after Pablo may or may not have de-pants the uh, Schuler mannequin there. In the, I saw yeah. that, yeah. It's classic. Uh, but then this past weekend, I actually did spend a full hour and I just... It's, uh, yeah, someone, know, someone, it's, it's amazing. Someone asked you if you were going to karaoke with the microphone. You <laughs> yeah, I had the mic in my pocket. It was pretty funny. I, I, I can't believe the, I cannot believe the slope of the supporter section. Yeah. It is so steep. Yeah. It's, and it's going to be so loud. It's so loud. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to. I think one of the things too is like, I remember, uh, my very first walk and I, and I, and I started writing about this at one time and I thought I might pitch it somewhere. But I remember walking my first game. My dad took me to the Estadio Nacional in Lima at a, at a night. It's like we walk into darkness and you walk through it all and all of a sudden you see the field and you're blinded by the lights. And I want my kids to have similar feeling. And I think when, you, when, when they walked into the stadium for the first time and were able to see the field and the pitch and everything else, they were, they were excited. And I think that's, that's the thing that, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's just being there with the excitement, being there. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's any bad seat in that stadium, uh, except for maybe the ones that are. There's by like the pillars, there's like right? twenty up top. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was gonna say. Oh, except for those, yeah. like the, yeah. But but besides that, you know, you'd be able to see yeah see pretty well from anywhere on the on on, on where your seats may be, and I think that's only not one thing. But I I also 
I'm glad it's not going to be an Inter Milan or Inter Miami feel anytime yeah. soon. We're having to deal with where where they're going to play. Where yeah. where my, where's your team going to? They play did such that? a good job. I the uh, almost like a mosaic art they did with the with the seats. Yeah, I, I'd seen some of it before. I saw the MNUFC, and I mean, obviously, we got the loon and the supporter section. I paid no attention or just didn't see the wing. The wing is awesome. I yeah. think it actually might be my favorite part. It's so cool. Yeah. So. One of the one of the bummers about Saturday is that Miguel Ibarra is not going to be part yeah, of it. He really just tweeted out today, "This really is sucks. the seventh anniversary of my first appearance in as a Minnesota United player as as a uh, what would that was so seven years ago was uh was he NSC? Mm-hmm. I forget. Yeah, NSC was twenty twenty twelve. Anyway, yes, uh, no, that was Minnesota Stars. Yeah, he came. I don't in, think he ever played for no, NSC. He came in when we anyway when first year of Minnesota. Long United. story is. He's got this weird hamstring injury that came up. It's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, uh, on this podcast, we are big fans of Batman. Can we get him in the supporters? Uh, <laughs> that'd be uh, maybe. That'd be he amazing. Be, I mean, he's such a shy dude. I mean, at Nessie, he would have done something like that. And he has done stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course, it would be great to see him out there. And maybe because it's the home opener, he might. But Feel it out. You know, Adam Smith asks, should the home opener be postponed until Miguel is healthy? And why is the answer yes? I mean, the answer is yes, because... Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's not a home opener without yeah Miguel. So, like, yeah. it's well said. Yeah, um, the the snow is going to come way too late to ruin everything. But um, uh, um, E Moby uh, on on Twitter says, should Minnesota United uh, have built the stadium with a roof? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is all about. There's several weather questions because uh, snowstorm Wesley is coming. Do you is guys know it's called it? Wesley? Yeah, yeah. Just for you. Uh, Snowstorm for Wesley is coming on Wednesday and Thursday night. Thanks, Wes. No one Eeyore. needs nice weather in order to have a yeah more than me. But um, yeah, no, we should never have had a roof. I mean, it is weird that they couldn't put it over the north end a bit more because it will kind of stink to have those seeds if it's raining. Everyone else will be kind of protected from the rain yep but uh um that's why my seats are not there yeah i'm in the south so i'm in the supporters end um Boom. brian hamp says sorry i just burped uh brian hamp says will when he will, said sorry he just burped dang brian when will calvo be benched who is his replacement <laughs> i i think i don't know i again i think i think i said last week I, I tend to go overboard and trying to now not criticize calvo but like You've been very good at it. You, know? uh, you haven't. Thanks. You haven't you've been There's very, been improvement. Thanks, been thanks, improvement. And that's, a, yeah. that's a, a, a admirable, at least, right? <laughs> uh, so, but I, I mean, first of all, especially in the wingback role, we talked about maybe Romario eventually doing that. I think it seems very obvious now that we've seen more, more of Romario. Romario is not that player. Yeah. You could put Miguel over there, but again, you're asking someone to play on the wrong foot in a wingback. You can do that. There are people who do that pretty well. I, but it's so outside of his game. Calvo is pretty decent in this role. But the problem, you pointed out this, Eric, mm-hmm. is that, oh, well, you need Coleman to back him up. Before, exactly. we needed a three-man back line, so you had two center backs to back him up. And it's just like, Jesus, how many people do you have to put there to make sure that this guy who is your captain is doing... We're just going to line all the fullbacks up behind, yeah, <laughs> behind yeah. Calvo. Nobody or, like, or, like I said, <laughs> play him as stick a him up top. Yeah. Stick him up top. Throw this away from our And then, from and our then just goal. play 10 center backs behind him. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll no, defend... We're not, we're not, we're yeah, not Cincinnati, Cincinnati, right? Yeah. We can't do that. 
but no, I'm seriously like, what is his role? That's my question. The season is like, what is his role? Where is he going to go? I mean, but this is not a player problem. Calvo is good enough. This is a coaching problem. No, no, no. Right? It's, it's a coach. It's, it's a coaching issue, but it's also you know, it's like there's no denying that Calvo has talent, yeah. right? And that's and that's and you want to be able to use that talent to the best of your ability. Yes. Now the thing is, in the past. Years we haven't been able to figure that out yet. Yeah, and so this is year three, and are we going to be able to figure that out? That is the biggest question right now. I mean, like, because after year three, what are you going to do? I well, mean, we're, we're we're all basically assuming that the team is scouting a left back right now, and Calvo will be sold after the Gold Cup. I mean, that's right. Like, that's what I think. What everyone may or may not be happening might work out for everybody, right? And so, uh, I I don't know. But he definitely should not be bench, Brian. Easy, easy, easy. Uh, Toby Sizzler. But but if he is, for some reason, who would you bring in? No. I mean, no one. From current roster? Yeah. Miguel. I mean, you have no one who can play that role. I mean, you've got people who can play left back. We've got Eric Miller. We've got Chase Gasper. You know, but... Not, neither not, of not them. Not back, you're right. Yeah. Neither of them. I do, agree on that part. You mean wingback? Depending on the form, depending yeah. on the formation we pull out, and especially do with we stick how, to a three four three. Yeah. I don't know. Especially with how important that wingback role is. But the, so Toby Sizler says three four three. Will we see it again more often, or is this something Heath rolls out when understaffed or on the road? Also, is there any player besides Angelo who can play the Rondon role? Well, this is a Newcastle reference. Yeah. Um, well, we need a Venezuelan. Speaking so. of, can I pause and, and say a Rondon comment? Yes. I think I told you guys before on this podcast, when I um, uh, open up for EPL games, there's often Crystal Palace uh, oh. fans who will show up. Ah. I am... Uh, I, I, ah. I uh, was um, three for three in terms of basically what I would do is I would just make fun of a Crystal Palace player and then they would score within five or ten minutes. The last so time I had I done it... I blame you. Superpowers. So the last time I had done it, it was like within two minutes. And um, this last week, they played Newcastle. And they're talking about it. And I'm kind of bartending and I'm kind of not really watching the game but just kind of hearing it. And they're talking about Rondon. And in my brain, I'm thinking Rondon plays for, uh, plays for Palace. And so I walk out of the room and just yell, <laughs> Rondon is a turd! <laughs> And um, <laughs> and uh, and then like uh, uh, Adam Smith, who we previous, he and he and his wife Chelsea always come, and they were like Rondon plays West, Rondon plays for Newcastle. I walk back because I, I was like going back to get a bottle of liquor or something like that, and I walk back in, and Rondon has a goal disallowed. <laughs> oh man! And I was like, oh my you god! I that. almost did it. I almost, but my you. So I basically, and then I was like, Burdani, and then I they had this guy like uh, named Jeffrey Schlupp or something like that on, on Crystal Palace. So I was like, look, I know this guy's not going to score, but his name is too good to not make fun of. But then, so I started making fun of him. But I realized I had already stay puff marshmallow man myself. <laughs> that I had already imagined Rondon as a turd. I can't take it back. I tried to, and that's what got, caused the goal to be disallowed. So my whole thing was gone. And then they got a penalty. And then I was like, "Yeah, this guy looks like a douchebag," and he scored, obviously. Uh, so anyway. I am four for I four. I think you stop talking when, when matches are happening. I'm four for four. Well, unless you're a Palace fan. I'm four for four, but the fourth is an asterisk. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm still testing my abilities on this. But and I'd just like to point out that this, this is this is two in a twice in a row now that Wes has gotten around and derailed the podcast. But that's just Rondon is a turd. <laughs> anyway, uh, who's going to play? But I also the wanted t- no, one thing though. I did mm. wanted to. 
Baby Ragnar was at the black card. And a lit Ibsen candle. You know what happened? Yep. I think the Ibsen candle went out after the first goal. And I was really? Like, I was like, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just saying, when those two things and away games are there, it gives us a chance. Yep. And that's all I'm saying. I'm leaving it up to Twitter and I'm leaving it up to the, yeah. to the rest of the soccer gods to figure yeah. that out. Um, <laughs> uh, it is very funny explaining <laughs> the uh, Ibsen candle and St. Buzz uh, painting to just regular clientele. Buzz. They're all like, like someone Buzz. was like, who's the, who's, the, who, who's, who's, the, who's the woman in the painting? And I was like, <laughs> well... Buzz I is. Better not, uh, I better not um, tell that. So, will so will we see good. the three four three more often? Back to Toby's question here. I mean, we, yeah, we I had, think we so. Saw the three five two when it worked. I don't. I just. I feel like Heath is like when something works, he sticks with it. Do I think we'll see a three four three? Now it depends. Uh, if Darwin is, is okay. It gives it gives a little bit of flexibility of what what you can do, right? Mm-hmm. But though at times we look more like a like a one five. But, but if Darwin plays, thing. if Darwin plays this weekend, we're not playing a three four three, right? I don't know. Do you think move him up as a striker? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you would you would have do you have Dunlady? Do you have Angela Merkel? And you would have Darwin. That's what I was thinking. And I don't see that the, happening. Yeah. I don't. I just. I just don't see. You know. Then you. You're abandoning a wing because Darwin's going to come so so uh, far central. Um, and then you. Then eventually, uh, basically, you're playing with Dunlady and uh, Rodriguez almost as uh, two strikers, right? You're not. I. I think. That's what they are. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I. I, I, I think it's possible. Usually, I, I, I don't. I just don't. Don't don't see it. Yeah. Well, it's you know? something they can always. Uh, but it's something they can go through in, in, if if they need to change the, the but pace of the game. In, that's at what home, are we really going to uh, employ, uh, as you mentioned, a tactic that is just there to gum up the center? Um, I, I think that works it away because again, we had such little possession. Right. We are a possession team a lot of the time, right? And I think we do see this three four three again. I, and I think you just that don't think at the home. I player. think you'll see it. A, a few really key times when either we're understaffed or again this is a good team yeah. and we just need to gunk up the middle yeah, yeah. Gunk slow it, up. it down um uh last question emmanuel of minnesota says you might have answered this before but with An- angelo not scoring many goals but providing nice assists do you think we need to sign a more reliable goal po- poaching striker um May or may not be scouting. Dot dot dot. Yeah, I mean, certainly, but like, we should you, always do, be scouting. Or do we have? Do we have Abu Dinladi? Like, yeah, but Abu Dinladi, like you know, like he was, he, like he was stretching a lot. And then I also saw Romario towards the end of the game that he was, you know, looked like he he was he was tight and stiff. So, but, but it always it, it always helps to have someone else to to be able to step into that role and not and not lose a beat to what what the offense is. I mean, maybe there's a. A, a goal scoring striker out there um, named Christian. Ramirez. <laughs> uh, I thought you were gonna go somewhere I, else. I, I think I, I think, think you're saying Madison. But if, but if you ranked if <laughs> but, you ranked striker uh, or ranked position roles of who you would want to see signed, would striker be number one or two? No, I probably I probably still want someone else in the midfield and then a left back. That's right, left back for sure. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think, sorry, Francisco. I think that's yeah. I think I'd. I'd I'd agree with but that. But it'd be nice if we could get a, a decent striker. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I mean, Jeff Harfan's still out there. He's still playing. <laughs> so, uh, all right, that's the Tra- podcast. Traditional Peruvian throw. Um, oh, why not? <laughs> Rui Diaz, Golden Boot Watch. Uh, Eric and Rodrigo, it's great to see you guys again. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you guys at the stadium on Saturday. Listeners, so what, when I'm are they opening? Much... Is it at noon? I think the, the festivities the start at noon. Do, you, do we know what in the actual so stadium here's a, opening here's is? Here's the only thing that matters. Blackheart. Blackheart, right. <laughs> Blackheart, we've got burlesque and karaoke on Friday night for the like night before party. And then the day of Saturday morning, I'm opening up the bar at nine for whatever whatever EPL games are on yeah. and, and Bundesliga. Uh, I could look that up, but I don't know off the top of my head. And then um Oh yeah. I'm not, yeah. So, so was, was that Le- Polisic's last game then, pretty much? Because he wasn't there. Not sure. <laughs> I was told things start kicking off around noon, but I'm not and sure then, when the actual stadium itself opens. And then there's a, a March of the Match at, uh, for supporters at, at around 2, because two the supporter okay. section is going to be not seated for a while. They're going to keep it from being seated or, or letting people into it so that the march can happen. Because it was going to be like two and a half hours before the game or three hours before the game. That's yeah, a and long like, time to let you You're not going to get a good march if everyone's like, so... Anyway, I hope to see people at Blackheart before and after. Um, anytime this this year, if there's a game, uh, your ticket will get you in to, so you don't have cover on the Saturday night ticket. after the show. Um, or after the game, there's there's usually a show, or there's always a show at 10. This, this one, you can always stick around. But anyway, I'm excited to see you all. And uh, thanks. I'm. This is going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a blast. Historic, baby. Thanks. Ciao. Club City.